And here we go. Man, <clears throat> welcome back to His Words, Not Mine podcast. Man, listen, we got a great lineup tonight. We got a great lineup tonight. First of all, we got the two celebrity uh, pastors that's all the way and kicking it out, kicking oh, it with man. you, boy. Man, please. <laughs> <laughs> then we got, man, nah. we got uh, we got Horatio Dimp Everhart, well-known in the community. And then we got uh, we got Officer Scotty Robinson. Let's just take the officer off, and we got Scotty Robinson. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. And then we got my brother from Winston-Salem, uh, Daryl Myers, man. But I'm gonna let uh, we're gonna start off with our spotlight. Please go. Make sure, make sure if y'all watching this right now, make sure y'all sharing this, man. We want to, we want, we want people, yeah, we want people to reach tonight, man, because this is gonna be a great show. You don't find we're we gonna have all these brothers on here, man, talking about something that men really don't like to talk about because we don't want it to be known. But we're gonna we go ahead and let, let my brother Demp kick off with the spotlight, man. And uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother. What's going on, man? Um, Horatio Everhart. A lot of people know me by Demp in the community. Um, I started All Sports Sponsor. My fiance helped me come up with the um, name. Um, it was just something I wanted to start from my upbringing. You know, it was something that me as a kid experienced some of the things the kids going through now as far as having trouble like signing up for sports, having those rides, um, being able to purchase the equipment. So it was just something that I seen in the community. I seen so much talent throughout the Salisbury that was unfortunate. So it was something that I wanted to come up with and try to help this community become a better place and to bring back, you know, that excitement as far as, you know, kids getting together and enjoying the sport they love to play. Tell us a little bit about your line business. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, basically, I just took a chance at um, how high lawn care. You know, I just took a chance, man. And, you know, um, I posted on Facebook and it took off, you know. Another thing I enjoy doing, you know, I see a lot of rundown places throughout Salisbury. So if I can help, you know, bring joy, like, cutting someone's grass. I have a friend of mine, Ashley. Um, we joining forces um, called Happy Roots. She does a lot about the community. So we're coming together. We're brainstorming at the moment. To, um, you know, do a work, do a lot of yard work throughout the community, man. Just to try to make this place a, you know, a better place, you know. Hey, just a fun fact. Demp actually helped me move into my house. And that probably was the hardest work he ever did. But hey, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. Hey, my wife, my wife was like, Rich, bro, I'm gonna cook them something to eat. I said, man, listen, Dimp, Dimp can do this for hours. My wife said, You want a cheeseburger? Dimp was on it, baby. He was ready for that burger. I, I definitely appreciate my brother, though, man. Probably up three, what three flights of steps. It was tough. Three flights of steps, man. Dimp was on it. I'm telling you, when he was like a robot, that man was like a robot, man. 
I appreciate it. But next, I'm gonna introduce my brother, man, Daryl Myers. Man, he's from Winston. Go ahead, Daryl. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Um, I'm the owner of DJ's Cheesecakes. Uh, I started my business probably about uh, about three and a half years ago. Uh, I I sell cheesecakes all over, excuse me, all over Forsyth County, uh, Winston Salem, Greensboro, High Point. Mm. I'm also uh, doing different events in Charlotte. Um, right now, I'm currently dealing with uh, retail um, as far as markets, um, convenience stores, different restaurants. Um, and I also take orders and deliver around the community as well. So, um, like I said, I've been in business for three, three and a half years. Uh, just taking steps to grow, learn, and um, just just taking advantage of the process of, of being an entrepreneur. That's amazing, man. You got me on some well, that thing, right that thing look good, dude. Hey, look, 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 hey, look, look, hey, look, you make that thing You ain't make that Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Let me tell y'all this. <laughs> Let me tell y'all this. I've been knowing Daryl for a long time, man. He a good guy. I'm, he was one of the first dudes I met when I moved to Winston. And I, at that time, that's when he was getting his business started up. And he made a cheesecake for me personally, and he ain't even tested it out yet. But when I tell you, I about I about died on my birthday eating his cheesecake. <laughs> that's how good it was. That boy, that boy made me a strawberry pound cheesecake. I'm trying to let y'all know something. Yeah, he the truth right. now. Right, right. Listen, my God, hey, we, hey. I think he's blessed with one so we can test it and do a review. Yeah. How? Yeah. I'm yeah, telling you, this girl is going to be something I get a rest later offline. <laughs> Let me get it. This cheesecake is on 10, man. Hey, but man. I definitely appreciate y'all. Hey, let me ask you one question, though. One more question before you go. Yeah. I know you just had an event, man, um, giving back to the kids in the community this past weekend, man. Tell us about your inspiration behind giving back to the kids, what inspired you to do that before we, you know, let you go? Uh, it, I always got to go back to my upbringing, man, not having much. And by me dealing with a lot of kids, man, throughout the community, um, I just want to say thank thank um, everyone that helped, you know what I'm saying, allowed me to um, make this happen. Uh, it was just something, man, I wanted to do, man. Like I say, I see a lot of kids throughout the community, man, Unfortunately, and I got with my fiance, man. We came up with an idea, man, to just, you know, reach out to, you know, some of those that that love helping us. And we just got together, set up, man, and we had a lot of new clothes, you know what I'm saying, lightly worn clothes, shoes, and it turned out very well, man. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Please let us know anytime you have anything. Even one of you guys have events going on. Um, I passed the church in Greensboro, but I know a lot of people in Winston-Salem and for uh, Forsyth County. So, man, we definitely love to spread the word about your businesses. And you guys keep killing in the community like you're doing. Oh, yeah. Hey, but, hey that ain't even the best part. How, you said they, them boys ain't leaving. They going to be here for a moment. Oh, they staying? They staying, bro. They well, staying. Let's get it. They they staying. Look, this, oh, look good. we're about, we about to have a good show tonight. We're about to have oh, a good show. Good. Hey, first of all... uh. I want to welcome everybody, man. If you're watching this, if you're watching this, please share. We want everybody watching this tonight, man. This is going to be a great show, man. This is going to be a great show. The title, the title is The Devil Thought He Knocked Me Out, But I Haven't Even Reached My Final Form. 
Hey, listen, man. I I was riding, and and I talked to Pastor Bradley and Pastor Hawkins all the time when I can, when we ain't our schedules not conflicting. But I was just riding one day, and I was taking my dog to the groomer, and God just started talking to me, and it was just some things He was dealing with me with. And as soon as I got this topic, this was a this was the day after we just had a podcast. Right. I texted them the topic, so that's been almost two weeks that. I had this topic that uh, that I wanted to discuss tonight. And one thing that I want to, I want all my men listening, looking at this tonight. Ladies, I want y'all looking to. Uh, men, sometimes it's hard for us to talk about failure. Mm. It is hard for men to talk about failure, um, especially when, we, when we're at a certain level, when we're at a certain level. And the guy, the, the one thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and I know Pastor Taylor and Pastor Hawkins, and y'all could correct me if I'm wrong, and then we're going to get into everybody's story. I thought about David. I thought about King David. And when I thought about King David, King David was after God's own heart. And by him being after God's own heart. So when you make when you make your daddy mad and when you make your mama mad, it really, it really breaks you down and it really hurts you. Um, and <laughs> we all know we know the story of King David. Uh, for those who don't know this, listening, uh, King David was one of the greatest kings in the history of the Bible. Uh, one of the most talked about people in the Bible, and like I said, he was at the God's own heart, and he he sinned very bad, and was and God was angry with him. The sin he did, he committed adultery. And he also had had somebody killed for this lady. He also had somebody killed for this lady. And, and, and God was angry with him. And David, David was at his lowest. I, I felt like, and y'all can disagree. I felt like he might have been at his lowest point. But he knew, but he knew how to get back right with God. He knew how to get back right with God. He knew how to stay in the fold with God, even though uh, as I was reading and I didn't know this myself. And like I said, I'm still studying too. Um, God killed his firstborn for what he did. God killed his firstborn for what he did. And it's times that we go through stuff and, and God might do something to us, but are we able to get back up? Are we able to get back up from the fatal blow Uh when, when the devil try to put his hands on us. Are we able to get back up when the devil try to put his hands on us? I want to talk to, uh, let me, let me, I want, I want, uh, Scotty ain't said nothing yet, man. I want to kick off with Scotty, man. And me and Scotty, that's my boy, man. We've been rocking for a long time. And oh, yeah. I want him to talk about something that he just went through and me and him had a long discussion but i i just want him to break it down for y'all how he felt as a man it, go ahead scotty go ahead kick go ahead and talk to him so i'm gonna try and give you the 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 cliff notes version for uh for, for time constraints but um you know salisbury has always been home you know in one in one way or another um a lot of things that i've been fortunate enough to be able to accomplish um, 
I felt like a lot of it was because I always try to do right by my home. You know what I'm saying? So mm. a lot of a, a lot of that um, people know already. Uh, a lot of that I took with me uh, when I decided to get into law enforcement. Um, when I started doing it, I and Reggie will tell you this. Anybody will tell you this. I grew up not liking the police, like many of us did. You know, I grew up on the west side of Salisbury. Um, you know, crime, drugs, gangs, all those things. That was commonplace. That was commonplace where I grew up and how I grew up. So, um, it took it took God opening some doors, a lot of doors, on, on that note for me to eventually get to a point where. You know, I, I felt more or less called to get into law enforcement, probably in the in the worst possible time to do it. You know, with everything going on in society, um, all the the, the travesties that are happening across the country, um, that's literally uh, when I'm going through the academy. And as I'm studying and, and, you know, preparing for the state exam and things like that, I'm literally seeing people that look just like me or who could have actually been me at any point in my life. Um, I'm seeing some of these things go on. So I say all that to say, um, and, and I don't I don't know how long this has been at this point, but uh, the protest, you know, we, we got all these things going on in Salisbury and, and you know, we're, we're at a, a boiling point, for lack of better words. So um, I had something very unfortunate happen. Uh, someone or, or group, not sure still to this point how it how it all happened, but um I had someone accuse me of uh basically just going to town on them. Uh if if I'm not mistaken, what I was accused of was, was physically assaulting um a young lady who who was uh out protesting. And even even though I knew you know what I mean? I I couldn't do that if I wanted to. First of all, I don't I don't feel like as a female, um, there was not even as a female, there, there really was not anyone out there who could get me there. Not not with everything going on, and not not with how much I could relate to what the actual protest was about. You know what I mean? My my mindset was the furthest thing from. You know, I need to do anything like that. My my whole thing for being out there was I need to make sure that nothing happens to anybody that I care about. And that was on both sides. That was, you know, all the ones from the community that I saw out there, as well as, you know, me, my, my, my brothers and sisters who, who wear that badge and do it the right way. So um, in the midst of all that, uh, it, social media, we all know how powerful social media is. Uh, I was tried by fire, to say the least. Mm. And nobody, it, it didn't matter how, it didn't matter that I knew what happened. It didn't matter that, you know, coworkers knew what happened. It didn't matter that uh, the ones who saw me actually out there, um, they knew what happened. Because for every, um, every person who tried to speak out and say, you know, I saw him, you know, I saw him the whole time. And I, first of all, it, is, it ain't nobody in Salisbury shaped like me that police department i'm i'm one of one so it was very easy you know what i mean for people to say no nah, i know that wasn't him but it didn't matter 
it didn't matter at that point and i became a target uh for real for real but by what i felt like was uh, my own people the same people that you know every day i wake up there's something in my mind saying how can how can we do more today how can you do more today what's your responsibility today so um that was that was rough that was rough to see um you know some of the ones that that you just like man i i was literally just with you yesterday and i was i was just sacrificing from my own you know what i mean taking out my own pocket or taking time away to make sure that you had a chance and and to see that man it it it, it took me it took me to a place that you know i just i i couldn't even describe it, it even to this day um i can't describe that place that you know that that low place that that reggie kind of alluded to so um and, and i'm sure unfortunately a lot of people who are watching the stream they're going to be very familiar with that with that situation and, and how everything played out so um that that was it that was basically it uh I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of mix it up. Pastor Taylor. What we, what what's up? We talking. <laughs> How you going to mix it up? Then you going to come right to me. But that's okay. Yeah. But hold on. I'm yeah. good. We yeah. good. We good though. But I want to ask Scotty before we move from it though. Let's talk a, talk okay. a little bit man about how you how you recovered. How you was able to pull yourself out of that low place. Um or are you in a better place now? What was what were some of the things that kind of, you know, I think that'll help somebody tonight. Um, right. Who may be going through a low place? You know what I'm saying. What was kind of some of the stuff you did to pull yourself out? I, I had to. I had to understand that this was a process. Um, I had to understand where I was in that moment. I had to understand that um, there was a reason why I was going through that at the time that I was going through. Um, wow. And and I had to understand also that there was nobody else. I feel like. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about things being local and I always look at it from a local standpoint, but there was literally nobody else, um, that, that could have been put in that position that, um, that it could have affected in the manner that it affected me, mm. you know, cause this is, again, this is, this is home and, you know, these are, these are ones who I genuinely care about. So, um, to answer your question, how did I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not out of it. You know, I, I still, mm. you know, talk about it, me, you hurt. You know what I'm saying? that There are still times, even, even now where, um, you know, you don't forget things. You know, I, I'll be out and, and doing whatever. I could be out with my family and I'll see, I'll run into one of the ones who, you know, I was just a scum on the earth. So it's not mm. that I got over it, but I, I get, I've gotten to a point where instead of me saying why me i understand that it had to be me it, it had to wow. be me to go through that because people know you know they know my story they they know you know what i was growing up they know some of the things that i've experienced so um it, it couldn't have been anybody else it, it couldn't have been anybody else to say you know all cops aren't bad and i and I don't want that to be the, the subject of it because at the end of the day, I don't let people call me um, Officer Scotty or Officer Robinson. I'm, I'm Scotty. I've been at all my life. Mm. 
that's never gonna change. You know what I mean? This is this is a job. So um I had to go through that to for for people to see it for what it is. So that's 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 kinda how I just I keep it in my in mind that I'm not I'm not bigger than that. You know what I mean? I had to be humble to say if it happened to, to Jesus, why wouldn't it happen to me? Yeah, man. Sometimes the reason why, the reason why I kind of corner like that because we 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 have our church officials, we have our pastors, and people. I think people don't really understand that pastors go through things too. They they mm-hmm. they're still human at the end of the day. Um, even though we we hold. And even my dad, like, even though I can say I probably hold my dad to a higher standard and even Pastor Hawkins and Pastor Taylor, I hope like, but they, we have to understand that they're still human. They still, they still experience hurt. They still, they still have emotion. They still have all of these things. So, um, Pastor Taylor, what, what, why you've been pastoring? Has it ever been a time where you felt like the devil gave you a hard blow and it was, with God's grace, he was you was able yeah. to get back up for that last round. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, um 2018 was literally the roughest year of my life. Um 2018, of course, when I was going through it, didn't really know, didn't really get diagnosed, but there was no doubt now coming out and um kind of being around some great people that I was depressed, um, that I was, that I was experiencing depression. Um, Mm -hmm. and it got me to the place where I was ready to walk away from it all. I was ready to walk away from my family. I was ready to walk away from the church. I was ready to go, you know what I'm saying? I was at a, but people didn't know it. I preached every Sunday. Um, I still took care of my family. I still, you know, was at home where I needed to be. Um, I was still doing what I need to do, but I was absolutely miserable on the inside. And um, I think for me, man, just being um, since 2012 is when I took over the church, my father did. And before then, I was in banking. Um, and so when I became a pastor, one of the things, because first of all, I didn't even want to be a pastor, man. I thought that was the farthest thing from. You know, growing mm-hmm. up, even cats, when they see me from college, they're like, bro, I can't believe God did it for you. Well, he can do it anybody because, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I was the furthest thing from a pastor. You hear me, um, man? And and I, 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 you know, seeing my dad and kind of what he went through and, and, and seeing how, you know, the city and folks talked about him and messed over. You know, I, I just didn't want no part of it. And so when, when I got called to it and, and it kind of shifted and I kind of changed my career and went here and. Like 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 uh, Scotty said, man. I really I, I love my city, and and I felt when I was in Charlotte, I felt the need to come back and be a part of something and be a, a, a um, influencer here. Um, and so when I did it, man, um, looking back, what happened was like I I tried so hard to be one of those pastors that that had integrity, that that because I you know I, I knew at the time you know and we're in this culture now with pastors, man. Everybody, if you ain't saved, you think pastors are tricky. You think they ain't, you know, they just want the money. They just, you know, and so and so all of those things, those those out there. So I was trying real hard um, to make sure I was a good example, that I was doing things the right way, 
Uh, and I think what happened was I isolated myself so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so it became so lonely. And so you, when you, and then when you start being so much to so, mother, so many other people, but really you didn't have anybody to be a counselor for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just start holding it all in and holding it all in. And so, and then while that was going on, if I can be quite honest, I was still transforming as a man Mm -hmm. um, because I was telling myself I was okay if my needs weren't met, even though the folks around me were met, but it was really a lie because I still wanted some, some attention. I still wanted some folks to cater to me. I still wanted like I was to other people. I wanted somebody to have that kind of focus and attention on me. And so all of that stuff kind of, rolled up in one man it it took me into this hole of isolation where literally um i would just go to work you know what i'm saying i would go preach come back home go to my man cage shut the door i ain't want to be bothered mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i really didn't know that i needed help i really didn't know what to um what to say to get out of it man but um yeah i was at the place where you know, you feel like I, every man goes through it, and they if they if they don't admit it, that's one thing. But I'm gonna tell you, every man goes through. You know, just think about. It. Let's go back when when you courting a girl, if you meeting a girl, if you go to your family, if you or if you taking around the family reunion, or if you taking around town, what's the one thing everybody gonna say? Man, you got a good woman. Take care of that woman. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Take care of them kids. You got a pretty pretty family. But you know, how many times have you ever heard somebody tell the wife, "That's a good man. Take care of the man." And, and I'm not I'm not coming down on my wife. I'm not coming down on women. I'm just saying men sometimes if we're operating in the right man, the right posture as a man, we're expected to be OK because we are we're, we're men. We're strong. We're we good. We, we, we carry it. And so um, whether it's on purpose or not, ladies and community and your kids, everybody expects you to be good. Mm-hmm. And and men are taught not to let people see you cry, not let people see you sweat, not let people see you worry, not let people see you stressed. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I so I, I so I so I played the part in public, but come back and was miserable, yo. And mm-hmm. and the one thing that, that that pulled me out as I had to realize, um, I was not free yet from, um. Yo, it was a void. I think the void was, let me say it this way. I think the void was I was making sure everybody else was good, but I was just trying to be okay instead of getting my refill from the right source. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, and I think, let me just pause this. I think in those in the place where I am at now, or oh, where was that then? And before I fast forward to now, the place where I was at then, I think that's why you got a lot of strong men, a lot of people who are good, integral men and people you would think would never do certain things, get caught up in wrong stuff because Mm -hmm. they're looking for their value to be told back to them again. Mm. You know, you, you, you know, men are affirmers. We're we're, we're telling, you know, everybody who they are and, and we're being that for this and we're covering and with this. But if the man doesn't realize how to get refueled the right way, that's when you can get into trouble. And mm-hmm. and so and, and, I, and I was in prayer one day and I, I heard the Lord say to me, you know what I mean? When was the last time you came to me for a refill? Um, it's almost like trying to drive a car and when it go out, you're trying to drive it anyway. You know, at some point, I don't care what kind of car you got. At some point, you got to go back to the station and get a refill. 
And so, man, coming out of that, man, I got a breakthrough, got my, and so now what happened, and that's why y'all see me, like, even with my boys, they're traveling and church is going crazy and I'm traveling on the road for, but now I make sure that I take time for me. I take time to, 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 to disconnect. Um, I have pastors and I have friends that I can, um, um, dump off to and, and get an outlet. So I'm not holding stuff in and carrying stuff in that's, and, you know, and that self-care was real important to me is real important to me now. And I fight, um, for that time to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm doing the self-care. Um, but man, 18, bro, the devil really thought he had me. Um, but, but, um, but I came out stronger. That's, that's awesome. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go up. Uh, Mr. Everhart, can you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you came through with God's grace, man? Uh, I'm going to take it back. Uh, a lot of people know I'm from Cleveland. I'm going to say Cleveland slash Moza, but Cleveland. Um, and, man, it started at a young age with me. Um, at one point, we was living in Moza, you know, both parents. I remember certain things we had with the family on the block with the nice TV. I was getting, you know, the bikes for Christmas until – you know what I'm saying? That day came and my parents split. And that crushed my whole life. And um hmm. moved back to Cleveland with my grandmother. And um, you know, Cleveland's small, so I witnessed a lot of things from my own family members as far as drugs, fighting, you know, and my grandmother up for hours praying. I mean literally hours, you know, and me just hmm that little tiny room with that pillow on my head, just hearing her, you know? So that's mm. how I became close with God, just, you know what I'm saying, knowing. But, but starting at a young age, man, I just felt like, you know, I didn't know how to talk to God, but in the back of my mind, I was wondering like, why? You know what I'm saying? Why was I experiencing those things, you know, as far as family? But, um. It, it it was crazy. I mean, situations. Mm. You know, we had to move with different family members. Um, no, like heat. All we had was heat stove, wood stoves. So we would have to boil water, put them in two liter bottles, and put them in a the bed with us just to stay warm. You know, thank God, my mother was blessed. I had two older brothers, so you know we kind of shared each other clothes. Um, so those were, you know, low points in my life. Um, but 07, I'm gonna start at 05, but 07 is where it, it that was my lowest, you know. Mm. You know, I moved to Salisbury and uh, I got with the wrong people that I thought was my friends because of the wrong reasons, you know, and it cost me six years hmm. away. And throughout those six years, I experienced a lot of a lot of things as far as different national uh, nationalities, guys from the West Coast, East Coast, real gangsters. And I got hmm. in the midst of it at a young age. I was 23. And, and I learned a lot, you know. Thank God that I was a real laid back guy and I was real good at sports. 
and they drew too many positive things. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that helped me out a whole lot, you know. I and I learned a lot because you know I got with a lot of old school. You know, they schooled me. You know, they put me on their arms, so I was good. And um, and a pastor came in from off the street, and for some, mm. uh, he called me out. And this is no lie. You know, I gave him my name and where I was from. He said, um, young man, I see that in your future, you be, you want to deal with kids. That you was a great athlete. And when you get home, I see that you're going to be dealing with a lot of kids and doing a lot of things in your community. And that stuck with me. And when I came back, you know, I was still at my lowest because, you know, I had to focus on, you know, catching back up, you know, getting re-familiar with everything in society. And it hit me even harder when I went to visit my grandmother and she didn't know who I was. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was living with my mother at the time, so I would go visit. She would call me Cedric, which is my brother name. She would just, you know, sit there like to the decisions I made and this is the outcome, you know. So I stay I kept going around and by me going through those situations, it helped me to be able to open up. So I got with um Team Fly coach, the youth, and and that helped me become a better person, but I struggle every day. I can't lie. You know, far as doing the things in the community, I love seeing the smile on a kid's face because I know a lot of kids in the community cry, but they don't know how to. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. you know, like in school, I would go to school and act out just to try to get their attention, just for the principal to pull me in his office and talk to me. And let me know that he cares. Wow. Like I would do things. I would, you know, knock papers off the teacher desk just so I can go talk to somebody, the guidance counselor. Just somebody mm-hmm. can say, other than my mom. I knew my mom and my brothers. And even though my dad was going through his thing, they loved me. But just to hear it from somebody else, I got that relief. And um that's what helped start I started helping other kids because as an athlete, others don't see what go on other than sports how good you are in sports and i had a lot of people reaching out wanting to help but at the end of the day they didn't see the hurt in me you know i use those sports as a cover-up um it just like i say man I, i i fight daily you know people see the things i do in the community but when i lay down at night you know I want to be a, a better father. I want to be a better man than my fiance. I struggle with those things daily, you know. And um, I can't blame it on my past because I didn't really have that male role model, you know. But, you know, I pray and I cry every day to become that man. Um, but It's all good, bro. Yeah. We with you, bro. We we in this together for real. Oh, Pastor Hawkins. 
Man, hey, listen, I'm sitting back tonight, man. Really, some good information, uh, this man. This guy, this guy, man, this guy. Look, nah, uh, I think, I think you know, Pastor Burley said it. What got me into ministry was 2003. August for ten years was the most depressing years for ten consecutive years for me. Uh, I had a son in uh, 2003, August 2003. August was a crazy month. Uh, son born, stillborn. Uh, mm. You know, 14 hours. You you see them in the room. They dress them, uh, fully clothe them, let you stand there for as long as you want. The girl I was dating in high school at the time, and just kind of shared that man. I never held the baby. Just didn't you know? Just you know, in a young and, and not even understanding all that was going on with it. But it just uh, really, really altered me in a way. And by that time, the following year, man, I'm, I'm off to school, come back home 2004, um, saying no, I'll come home for summer break. The day before I'm getting ready to go back to school, man, the next morning I wake up, I, I have to go to a mental institution for 10 days. So literally for 10 days, I spent 10 days in a mental institution. It was probably the lowest point of my life because then I had to come back home, um, got into some legal things, even with that. Uh, it was embarrassing for the city, just for people to see me that knew the story. Uh, didn't know what happened. How can you explain yourself? You know, you couldn't. Like, I couldn't control what happened, man. And, and so that was a tough moment for me. Uh, and just kind of having to navigate myself through the help of the Lord, man, just to get to this place. And if it wasn't for my wife, man, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be here to be able to, to have the conversation because she saw the value in me when I didn't see the value in myself. So, you know, wow. That that was probably one of the lowest moment. And then when I took over the church in 2016, um, took over the church at uh, 31. And uh, the church had been established for 20 years. And uh, they, the, the, the pastors had become like spiritual parents to me, passed over the church to me. From 2016 to 2017, I gained 40 pounds. I've been 180 pounds, 185 to 90 max soaking wet. For all of my life, I gained 40 pounds, stressed, young pastor, mm. um, trying to figure it out, making crazy decisions and, um, you know, just so much going on around me. And when you're young, man, you're having to grow when people really don't give you um, room to fall. Uh, that's what I would say. They don't give you grace to grow. And, right. um, you know, it seemed like from 2004, man, mm. You got the mental institution, then you know you, you have all these stuff. I lost my son in two thousand three, mental institution in two thousand and four. You know I, I found my spiritual mom deceased, uh, two thousand and seven, two thousand and nine. You know wake up to seeing all of that. You know having a walk. It's like back to back. I was like I, it was a black cloud over me, man, and and I really couldn't see myself. To be honest, man, the month of August, I would just. Be, be almost like a hermit, man, just really like shutting down and deep depressed. I couldn't even get myself out of it. And I think the worst was August, uh, September 2017, man. I was literally, man, I <laughs> I was literally on my knees at, at my door. Like my wife had went out of town. I was like, God, I can't do this. Like I can't, I'm literally on my knees. Like God, I cannot, I don't think I'm gonna make it. And I'd have mm. been low points, you know, what seeing that drive the gun, all that stuff man, I've seen, but that moment, just the, the mental anguish and what you feel, man, feeling the pressure and the burden and the weight 
of, you know, they expect you to be perfect. They expect you to say everything right. They they expect you to do everything right, you know, and they don't give you grace. Uh, mm. People that are in the spotlight are people that are, are lead or or influential, influential people, man. We don't get the same grace as ordinary people, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I used Come to on, like be upset because I didn't get the same grace that other people would like, like Scotty said, man, it's just the responsibility. It's the weight that comes along with it. I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing, like I can handle people in my city saying different stuff. I mean, it it is what, you know, people that don't know me, they don't know me. That's not my, what my integrity and my character is. I lost, you know, one of my closest friends in 2014, head on collision. And like, I, I got stories, but I think the biggest thing was my family, man. I think I think when my family didn't understand it, when my family came against me and when I had to kind of walk through that, that was the most challenging part. I think I could I, I don't know. I, I can take stuff from outside people. I just the way I'm built. You know, I don't expect people that don't know me to speak well of me, but I do expect people that know me the most to know my heart. And I think uh, for me, the hardest crushing came from my family, man. And it was a season where that looked extremely different. So when I came out of that now, man, to be honest, I really didn't see breakthrough to 2018 where I could really like come out of there, hold my head up again, want to function again. I'm like, I came from a different background, man. I came from, you know, my my background is different. So, you know, like I came from homes that I've seen a lot of stuff inside of the home. So I didn't expect there's no preacher in my family. I don't have anybody to mark and say, oh, man, you're going to be the next this because this person is that. Nah, I didn't, I didn't have any of that. So getting out of my city was the thing that you want to do. I'm like, Scotty, though, but how can you give love to a city that doesn't love you back? I mean, it's kind of hard that you invest your time in a community that doesn't always give you the same thing, man. So for me, I think that was the hardest thing, but still being committed to the call, even though sometimes the calling came with the burden. That God knew that when he called you, that the burden and the price of the call was going to, you know, was going to come along with that, that you were going to have different experiences um, that actually, like like Scotty said, process you. And Pastor B said, process you for the moment. And I think now I'm understanding it now. Uh, I've had the opportunity to do some amazing things, but had I not experienced the mental institutional, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't like, I couldn't appreciate it. Had I not experienced the death of a son. I can value it because guess what now? I know what it means to be low. And I know what it means to like, I can always go back to that place. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to hold my head up, man. Because when you, listen, I'm going to say this and I'm done. When you're literally strapped down and you don't know if you're going to get your mind back, man. Forget Mm. what you got to say about me. I'm just glad that I can think on my own, man. I'm glad that I can operate on my own because I didn't know if I would ever get my mind back. And, And so- for me, it wasn't even about that. I've been to the point of 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 of, of depression and, and a, a psychotic break, man. I, I'm saying so. I know what that feels like, you know. And for people that might be going through that, I'm like, bro, I know what it's like to really lose it and to not know if you're gonna yeah. come back. So the pressure and the weight that comes from that, anything, I'm like grateful. Sometimes I literally sat in my car at the defenders training camp, said it couldn't even get out the car. I was weeping just because I'm grateful for what God brought me from. When I look back over my life, I know that I'm not supposed to be where I'm at. I'm supposed to be a statistic. It's no way that I'm supposed to be doing anything that I'm doing. It's no way that I'm supposed to be qualified. But the grace of God that I'm still here, that we're all still here to be able to share the story. So that's me. Mm. 
Hey, hey, before you go on, Rich, like I think there's something I gotta interject here because oh, I, uh, Pastor I Hawkins, go, he's, go ahead. Okay, but you but you're gonna go though. No, I was gonna I was gonna let, let Daryl go and then you can go ahead and chime in. Okay. Uh, all right, okay. That way, and then keep that thought though. Keep that thought because it, it all gotta run in, it all gotta run its course. Keep that thought. Yeah. Hey Daryl, go ahead and uh tell us your story, my brother. How God brought you out of your Y'all feedback from me? Can you hear me clear? We can hear you. Barely. Am I you, can you hear me? Am I clear? You going you going in and out. You going in and out. All right, hold on. Let me see. All right. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Can you am I good? Yeah. yeah. You're good. All right. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, like my my story is like kind of that of a um, I can't. I jumped off the porch into the streets probably right after um a little bit after high school. Um, I graduated from North Forsyth High School in, in in Winston. Um, I went to Surrey Community College uh, to take up nursing, but I was only in school like a half a semester. Um. I think we got those financial aid checks and I hit the streets and went crazy. Say so. Um, <laughs> there, we know about it, man. We, 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 we lived on them things, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just that's just not happening. 18, 19 years old with a pocket full of money. I ain't mm -hmm. know what to do with myself. So I got into the streets. Um from there. I was, uh, like I said, in and out the streets, in trouble, out of trouble. Um, had got gotten locked up a couple times for a couple of short stays, just in and out, and then you know getting put on probation and stuff like that. But then the last time that I got locked up, uh, I knew I was getting ready to have to sit it down for a little bit of time. So I ended up getting sentenced to uh, 13 to 16 months. And that was my first time actually, you know, doing doing time. And at that point in time, um, my son, which I had already had my daughter, um, my daughter was three at the time. And then right when I got locked up, my son had just been born. So, like, I pretty much watched my son walk and everything in a prison in a prison visitation yard. You know what I'm saying? So for that, that for me, in itself was like a you know, wake up call for me that I got to get ready to try to make a change. So, um, after I got released, uh, I ended up getting a job working with autistic adults for about, I did that for about three years and I enjoyed it. I did. I, I really enjoyed working with people. Um, but I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't something that I wanted to do forever. So, uh, I started looking into some different programs that was offered through Goodwill and for Psych Tech here in Winston. And um, I ended up finding out about the culinary course offered through Triad Community Kitchen, which I al always had a passion to cook. So, you know, my, my thought process was um, go to the class, get some training behind myself, and then start my own food truck. So um, in the middle of taking the class, we made cheesecakes. And uh, it was just something about the process of making them, decorating them, that, like, I gravitated towards. So, um I think I put the cheesecakes on Facebook that we made in class. 
and I got a big response back from the community, um, you know, about the about the cheesecakes, and they were inquiring, trying to find out how they could get them and and whatnot. So, like from there, that's when the like a light went off, kind of like okay, I got something where I can work with. You know what I'm saying? I might have a niche going here. So, um, I just started selling them. I started making them, selling them. Uh, then I finished the class. I graduated from the class, and uh, the class offers a where you have to do a one week internship at a restaurant that they they have inside of the Double Tree Hotel here in Winston. So um, after I finished the class, you know, I went back up to the to the school and I talked to the to the teachers and let them know, you know, I'm trying to expand my business and get my name out there. So they offered me the opportunity to sell my cheesecakes there at the restaurant. Um, wow. They put my name on the menu and everything. They put my name on the menu and everything. Like that was the first, mm. that was the first opportunity that I that I received to be able to to you know introduce my product into an establishment. And then um, from there, like it just snowballed. The community support uh, has been so major over these couple of years that uh, like right before this this uh, this COVID stuff came around, uh, I was in. 13, I was in 13 locations spread between Winston, Kernersville, uh, the Tanglewood Bermuda Run area. Uh, I've also been in uh, a spot in High Point. Like the business has just been, um, you know, like I said, a snowball effect. Um, and that, that's definitely, that was definitely through God's grace because, like I said, you can think you're going in one direction, but God's, God's grace can see you in a whole opposite direction and, and, and change your whole course. Um, that you might have in your plans. So, um, like I said, before the COVID hit, I was in 13 locations. Since since the mm. pandemic, I dropped down to seven. Um, but, like, business is still being progressive. It's still being progressive. Uh, I guess kind of like with, you know, business hours and things like that, changing up at different establishments and restaurants and whatnot, with me still selling to markets and convenience stores, it's still kind of, they still kind of get a flow of, of consumers coming to uh, to purchase my product. So um, it's just been a blessing all the way around from going through what I went through, learning. Um, the community support is really my major, major thing. Like I always try to know that I'm always appreciative because, you know, it takes a lot to know, to trust somebody's food, especially when they're working in the food industry. You know, it's really hard to trust somebody, especially if you don't know them. So for people to trust me and my brand and, and you know, believe in my story and, and whatnot, it's, 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 it's got to be definitely God's grace and, and, and his hand mm -hmm. in, 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 you know, moving, moving me and also my family because um, that's the foundation for everything with my family, like my, my kids, my fiance, um, they're my foundation. So, um that that's that's those are really the major key things with me. And like I said, I, my past is is one of being in the streets and being hard headed and whatnot. And I still like like what Bruh said. He he's still learning to be a better man and to be a better uh, be a better fiance, um, be a better father. Like every day is a is a learning experience. And you know I always put God at the forefront of everything um, because I understand how. How powerful he is and how many times he saved me and the, the 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 fact of me being the head of my household and leading my trying to lead my household the right way that's good go ahead pastor taylor man this is 
this is so good. I'm I'm listening to the comments come in, man. You you brothers are helping somebody out there um, with just being transparent. What I wanted to say, I think um, when I heard talk talking about it, it kind of it kind of pricked my spirit. But Scotty touched on it as well uh, about about sometimes loving loving a city or loving something that doesn't love you back all the time. Um, and and I, and I think. I think one thing that I want not only us to understand who are in leadership roles, but also the people to understand as they see leaders, whether it be pastors or policemen, whatever the leadership role is, coaches, polit politicians, whatever that is in leadership role. I go back to to even Dr. King, you know, and talk, if you if you read his story, most people who are leaders don't ask for it right. like. You know what I'm saying? Like Martin King, if you look at that story, the people chose him. Right. Like he didn't like he was he was cool just being a pastor of a church. The people said, no, 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 this is the movement and you the one that's got to lead us. And so a lot of times and, and, in, and in our profession, me and Pastor Hawkins, you know, we were we were chosen. You know, God chose us for this. And that's something that we walked in saying this is what we want. You know what I'm saying? And I think what it's really important that what he's saying that people see that you know leaders give grace all the time to give people space to grow mm -hmm. but people think leaders are perfect because they're leaders when when leaders are not perfect but leaders are just chosen good, and there's man. a difference there's a difference and so i believe that and that 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 puts that added pressure on somebody that that comes back and says i number one i didn't ask for this right number two I got this pressure that y'all want me to be something where I'm still in the process myself. There's just a grace on me to do it because, because this is what either God wanted me to do, or this is, you know, for, you know, whether you're a politician or you some, you know, Scotty, I, I'm sure when you just became a police officer, you didn't want to be the voice of the black community. Or you didn't want to be the, you, you wasn't looking to be this, this, this hero to black people. You was just nope. trying to make a difference, but, yes, but the people rallied around you because of what they saw in you which put an added pressure on you to be who you needed to be to, 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 to kind of give back to their expectation. Right. But I think what people, what I want people to understand in doing that though, you've got to understand that sometimes leaders are in roles and carry weight to be something for somebody else. But man, please sometimes extend the grace that you know have been extended towards you. Good, you, you, you know, you, you know, what I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's amazing how that, that I've, I've, I've covered people, you know, I've covered people, even in my congregation of things that they've been going through and walked them through processes for two and three and four years. But they didn't. But but if they hear something that's that's that they don't even know it's the truth yet, if they hear something that they think the path that I did. You know what I'm saying? They're threatening to leave because I ain't got no integrity. Like, it's amazing how small of, uh, of window we have to be perfect, but people want leaders to give them time. Yes, and, and I just believe that we got to close that gap a little bit. Yeah, we got a responsibility. Yeah, the standard comes with the territory. Yes, we all understand it. But if you listen to leaders talk and if you allow leaders to be transparent, all of them will tell you that half of the job is not the job. Half of the job that we got to learn to manage is the stress of the job. Yeah.
I think it's those times though, and I and I know Red, you got something to say. Two seconds. No, I don't. Go yeah, ahead. man, I think it's a difference where between the skill and the anointing. You know, all of us have a mm-hmm. skill, whether you're a communicator, or whether you make cheesecakes, or you work with youth, or you're a police officer. That's a skill. You know, and I think we go to school and get trainers and degrees to 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 practice and perfect our skill. But when you're chosen, God gives you an anointing, and the anointing is for mm-hmm. what you can't do in your own ability. And so in the times where we're struggling to carry the weight of what we feel, we don't just need our skill. We need the anointing. And that's why David yeah, encouraged himself in the Lord, remembering that, man, I didn't pick myself to lead. You picked me to lead. And so even in times of uh, uncertainty and times that are challenging, because um, one of the reasons that we are chosen is because we can handle the weight of the responsibility. Um, David perfected his skill in the field and tending the sheep mm. which prepared him to utilize the stone but even though he he could use his skill to 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 shoot the stone he needed the anointing to slay the giant so even though you have a skill to to knock out the you know to aim it you can perfect that but you cannot kill a goliath what am i saying there's some things that face us that we can't face in our own ability Bro, I don't care how great you are. It's, it's, I don't care how much encouragement you get. I don't care how you can have the greatest support team around you. I'm telling you, if if God doesn't give you the strength to face it, because it's unknown weight that you carry. People that's watching this tonight, you're not battling the known. You're battling the unknown. There's some things that you face that's generational. There's some face, some things that you face that your grandfather faced. You're not battling your own demons. You know, so that's what I'm saying. You have to have the anointing for what you don't have the mm. ability to do with your skill. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is we can't depend on our, you know, for all of us that's carrying the weight of, man, how are we going to grow a business in a pandemic? How are we going to grow our church? How are we going to pe- keep people connected? How are we going to be a better uh, uh, husband or father to our kids? You know, how are we going to go back into school and teach? How are we going to, you know, try to fix what's going on? You cannot. You're a mm-hmm. vessel. You're not the one. And then and, and the and the moment we get that understanding that we are not the one we are allowed to be utilized, and it's his power on the inside of us. That's why David was so human, but he was also so godly, a man after God's own heart, because God uses imperfections, and David was transparent in his failures, which made him transparent before God. So those are the things that God uses, man. I just wanted to share that. Now nah, that was good, man. Yeah. And I think what we find it when we and think we find in David with him being in the man of the God's own heart. And I think you, what you find in any good leader, even in our flaws, I think what good leaders do is they paint, they, 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 they pave a pattern or, or, or a path for others to get out of their stuff because they crawl out of their own. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, yeah. I think one of the reasons God calls folks that has the fortitude um, I heard Scotty say this earlier about, you know, his shoulders can handle it. He was the one to go for it, go through it because somebody has got to learn how to give grace when grace ain't given to them. That's good. You, bro. Know, you know what I mean? So, somebody's got to show people how to get up when you fall and, 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 and show people a process of how to get back to being functional again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's, you know, that that's what we all I think that's part of the weight that comes with it that we just got to shoulder. You know, what makes us good leaders is feeling um, that there is no weight or no, no grace, no love given to us. 
that helps us in how we treat other people. We make sure we give it because we know what it feels not, not like not to get it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of comes the territory of leading is saying sometimes we take the hits and the spears and, and the thorns, not because we just God wants to punish us. But 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 now we've got to feel the infirmity of somebody who who's been pierced and been hurt and nobody's there for him so that we can go back and be that for other people. That's good, bro. Yeah, one, one thing, and I ain't mean to cut you off, but after Hawk saying something that 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 really um, it, it put a lot of situations in perspective. The kind of the aftermath, and you know, you talk about where do you go when you're at your lowest. Um, for me, mm. you know, I, I I've always known God existed because there's no way to explain some of the stuff that that I've been fortunate enough to to, to be involved with, and I know it didn't have nothing to do with me. Right. I know it didn't. So um, one thing that I've learned through all of this, and I know I'm not the only one that it's it's awesome. It's awesome when you're there, and and God God confirms things, right? Because I didn't I didn't know what that I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that meant. Um, you know, I, so many people came to me, and it was man, just pray about it. You know, just pray about it. And and I've been doing that all my life, but I think. Through this, I finally found a way to hear God, That's and it good. was it, it mm. was by way it was by way of confirmation. So, um, you know, it was just all things like I, I be strong, Scotty, it, and it's, it's it's real. You know what I mean? I'm I'm on my way to work. A coworker calls, and they're like, you know, I got this going on. Um, you know, I really don't I don't want to leave, and I'm these are things that. I, before, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything to be able to build somebody else up. You know what I mean? And I, because I knew where I was. So it was like the more, the more that I poured into somebody else, God was seeing 10, 20 people just like, Hey man, I just wanted to call you, man, to let you know I got your back. So, you know, with, with all the, all the negative things that were going on and, and, and like you said, you know, you, you give grace and you hope for grace in return. God did more than I, I could have ever imagined. You know, I, I had people that I haven't talked to in lifetimes. You know, the, the first thing that they did was they did what they could to build me up. And then on top of that, That's good. they understood where I was and they understood spiritually and mentally that when I'm when I'm in my, you know, when I'm down, when I'm in I'm in my bubble, uh, these people will not leave me alone. As crazy as it sounds, like I, I had people who they sacrificed everything they had just to lay eyes on me to make sure I was all right. So, um, you know, that was as men, you know what I mean? We, we hold everything in and, and we, sometimes it's hard for, I, I came from house, so we didn't, we didn't share emotions. You know, the, you know, I love you. And that, that was, that was foreign. You know what I mean? And you talk about the power of your wives and, and what they've done, you know, that was commonplace in my, in my wife's house, but um, I never experienced that growing up. So, uh, when when I went through some of these things, and I had people who I know came up the same way that I did, where they didn't they didn't share emotion. These guys are breaking down, and, and and we're sharing. You know what I mean? And we're we're building each other up. So um, I'm a lot stronger now than mm. what I was before all of that happened. And I'm you you learn to appreciate the turmoil in all right. of this. Um, I. I had I had to, I had to get that word in that region, man. Nah, that was good. Nah, you haven't even reached your final form. 
There we go. Let <laughs> God speak the word. That's absolutely it, man. And I'm telling you, man. I never would have imagined. Never would have imagined. I'm telling you, man, this stuff comes full circle. I lay it out there, and here we go. You haven't even reached your final form, and that's just what it is. That's just what it is. The main thing that everybody has been talking about is, is a godly foundation. That's one thing that David had. David had that godly foundation, and he knew he knew once he messed up, he knew how to get back. The problem, with some, the problem with some people is they don't, they don't know how to get back. And they That's just good, and can I pick it back on? Um, excuse, excuse me, they don't know. How, I'm sorry, them. Hold on, they don't know how to get back. And in the midst of them not knowing how to get back, that's when they just lose it all. That's when they mm-hmm. lose it all. Go ahead, Dem, go ahead. Yeah, what um, Pastor Taylor and Hawkins was talking about. Um, it was three C's I learned it's um, choice, choices, cognitions, cognitions, and consequences. Um, mm. like, you know, a lot of them was born and raised in a, you know, poor situation, you know, and they get the thoughts of how they're going to get out or things they can do to provide for their family at a young age. And the consequences mm. they make is hitting the streets, getting with these OGs that give them that pack and they get put in a situation to where it lead them down that wrong path. So to, for me, I love going to like the places people don't like going to. I love mm-hmm. is that I know just going through that situation. I see the pain in their eyes, and that's what that's what like brings joy in my life. Seeing that I can mm-hmm. provide for those kids, seeing the smile on that kid's face. Because for me, going to school, I wasn't focused on school, and I see it in kids' eyes these days because they more focused on going home and trying to provide for their mother or their sibling mm-hmm. that daily through kids I deal with. And God has led me to be able to hit the streets and interact with those kids. And they look like, like I'm their big brother and yeah, enjoy doing, and I'm gonna continue to hit the streets. And, you know, like I said, I'm from Cleveland, but I love Salisbury, like, like this is where I went to school. This is my home city. And, that's just one thing I will never give up on, and I'm gonna continue to push. And I just wish other guys would step out. Um, they see a lot of us. Like I'm gonna use my boy Junior Harris. I know he don't mind. You know these athletes. You know that's been through a lot. I would like for them to step out more and share their testimony, not just mm-hmm. teaching the kid how to dribble a ball or you know doing these things. But we need to step out and speak our testimony to let these kids know that we went through similar situations as them and continue mm-hmm. to push forward because at the end of the tunnel, you will see light and continue to believe in God. Well, that's big, mm-hmm. man. All right, Rez, let me say this to you, though. Seriously, man. Hey, hey man, straight up, love Reggie. Like, he, he his organizational skill, because I'm telling him we got a lot going on. Bro keeps it keeps it together for us, and always like what you see behind the scenes, man. We gotta honor Reg for always coming through, man. Connecting the people, and uh, always using his voice to impact, man. So, bro, I just want to say thank you for always giving us fresh ideas, stretching us outside of the box, and for any listener that's watching, 
Also, man, I just want to put my closing thoughts in early. Oh, that, <laughs> hey, I, pre- I appreciate you, man. I, I listen. And he, and he doesn't have COVID. He's been tested. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't have COVID. Just a little congestion. That's all. I promise y'all, I don't. I promise y'all, I don't. But um, tonight was good, man. I, I'm telling y'all, like, y'all really touched my soul, man. I, I didn't expect none of this. And I, what I want the audience to know, like, this is – we we come in here, I tell them the topic, and we just talk. None of, none of this is scripted, man. We don't even know what God is about to do. That's why this thing be so blessed, man. And that's why I'm glad, you know, I, I, I thank God for what we put together. I thank God for – Pastor Hawkins and Pastor Taylor, I thank God for these gentlemen we had on here tonight. Man, it's just a beautiful Um, thing, man. Phenomenal lineup, man. Hey, thank all of you, man, for what you do, Scotty, in the city. Uh, Horatio, Demp, you know, and my man with them cheesecakes. Bless you. Good God. I'm coming. I'm I'm coming. Yeah, Yeah, I'm on that. And we got to get you in Greensboro. We got to get you in Greensboro, man. Yeah, so I appreciate y'all, brothers, man. We going to... I'm going to make sure everybody gets uh, Daryl's information. Um, A lot of people are asking about these cheesecakes in the comments. A lot of people are asking about these cheesecakes. So, Daryl, I'm going to make sure they get your information. Uh, I'm going to start with closing remarks. Uh, What do you got? I'm going to end with the two pastors, man. What you got for us, Scotty? What's your closing remarks, man? Man, if, if, if I could, I'm thankful now looking back on it, hindsight is 2020. I'm, I'm thankful that I could have went through that because I know um, I, I know the book is not written. I, I know it's not over with. I know, you know, as tough as things have been, um, you know, every day, man, we, we got something else that we're, we're dealing with that we're trying to overcome. And, and you know, Horatio, going back to what you said, man, about every day striving to be better, you know, step by step, man, if, if I could go through and see from where I came from how real God is, man, I'm, I'm, you know, you hear it all the time. It's a cliche. If it, if he'll do it for me, man, he, he can do it for everybody. That's, that's always been my story, man. And even more so now through the fire, through the turmoil, you know, through everything that we go through, um, through COVID, you know what I mean? Something as, something as simple as that. There's light on the other side. There's absolutely light on the other side, but you'll never see it if you stop. So that's that's all I got. Dem, what you got? Closing remarks, man. Um, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to share some of my testimony. Um, I want to thank God, thank my mother, my dad, my brothers, thank the Withers family um, for their support. Um, the Johnsons, my Sigmund. Um, like Nephi say, ten toes down, man. This journey is far from over. And I just want y'all to know, um, just we need to come together. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like this COVID was a time for us to really look at life, man, and really, you know, think about how your life can at a snap of a finger. So, you know, let's continue to deliver that message, that positive message, man, and Continue to strive to be the best you can be. That's good stuff. Uh, Pastor Taylor, thank you. So I'm going to go with you, Hawk. What you got? Because Pastor Taylor, like, yeah. you got 
Man, no, 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 no. I know he's he's gonna give us something profound. I'm not gonna give right. us anything that deep. Uh, I, I'll say this: there can be no fi- uh, final form without a godly foundation. Mm, mm, mm. Doesn't matter how you know you desire your ending to be, if your foundation isn't good, you will have no strong ending. Deep, deep. Pastor Taylor. Oh, you gonna end like that? <laughs> He's gonna drop the mic on us, ain't he? Man, yeah, I told you I have that beat. I have that beat. Sexual chocolate. That's how you drop the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't drop it. It might lean over though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, listen. listen. <laughs> but listen, I really, I really enjoyed tonight, man. And um, I'm sorry, I felt a little like I was in thought or days. I, I'm really just thinking about. The goodness of God having these six brothers on this platform, man, and 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 how God has blessed us all. Um, I would just say this, um, and you know, I've got a saying that the Lord kind of dropped in my spirit years ago when I was going through something. Your nouns, you know, you know what I'm saying, and your nouns can be even the things that you had to experience, but your nouns are necessary because of two things: it's because of where you've come from mm-hmm. and where you've got to go. Come on. Like all of us had all of us had different starting spots and all of us have different endings. So mm-hmm. what God has to put you through in the middle is necessary because what he got to get out of you and what he's got to get in you. Good, um, and so and so I, I want to encourage somebody who feels like where they are now is not a good place where you are right now. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how much of a struggle it is. I don't care if, how much of uh, you may thought you have never had to go through this. It's necessary for where you're going because of where you've been. And, and so I just want to encourage anybody to stay through, stay through it, because if God put you in it, he's going to get you through it. And the devil ain't got no say in it. Um, so it's not punishment. It's training. Because mm. God has great stuff ahead of us and he's got to let us go through the process so that he can get us to the place where he we're destined to be. So I'm, I'm just I talked. I mean, I'm just saying to all brothers, even the sisters out there, man. I don't care where you are right now, man. Dig your feet in your now and learn your lessons and grow because God has great stuff for you. He gave us a reach closing. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> hey, that, that was good. So, Hawk, I, I want you to go. I know you dropped the mic, but go ahead and close us out in prayer, bro. Um, we got still got one man down here in the corner. Oh, Daryl got Daryl didn't say nothing. Nah, he ain't saying nothing. Oh, nah, man. Hold on. Let's see what Daryl closing remarks is. I know his mic kind of kind of sick. So we're gonna see what he got. My my mic, my mic tripping. Just to just to back up what everybody else said. Just as long as you keep God as your foundation, you ain't got no choice but to get where you're trying to go. Well, as long as you keep him mm-hmm. as the foundation for everything, everything else gonna fall in place. So again, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate y'all, no doubt about it. Thank y'all. Man, you trying to sound like a professor just because you went to school, bro? <laughs> <laughs> a professional, brother. <laughs> hey, Hawk, man, close us uh, out with, with a prayer, man. Oh, hey, before we leave, Hawk, yeah. tell, tell the people what you got going on, man. Seven days virtual prayer conference next week. I got some of the premier voices in prayer in the nation joining together virtually next week. Seven days every night on my Derek A. Hawkins Ministries page at 6.30 p.m. Tune in. I'm telling you, it's going to be a life-changing experience. We're expecting 50,000 people next week to join us together in prayer, man. I, I know it's going to happen. Uh, let's pray, though. He's, man. Got a new public, so he's got a new public figure. 
Stop, man. Stop, 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 stop. Stop. Here we go. God, I'm just so grateful for every person that's that was on this um, this broadcast tonight. God, I pray for the grace and the favor that you placed on us and God as men, just the ability to be transparent, to hear your heart and to speak our heart to you and to others watching. And I just pray right now that you would touch every man, touch their families, bless them. Every person that's tuned in to watch tonight, that you'll give us the wisdom, according to James 3, to help navigate us through this uncertain circumstances that we face, even in our nation, in our our respective fields. But God, I pray that you would just give us insight and teach us to discern the times that we're living in. We thank you for choosing us. You didn't have to. And we don't take uh, your choosing for granted. So, God, we love you tonight and we thank you uh, for allowing us to come together to share our heart with you and that you would release burdens off of us tonight. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 I love y'all, man. And I love everybody watching. Make sure y'all keep sharing, man. Keep sharing this one, man. It it was real good. Hey, God bless y'all and good night. Appreciate y'all, brothers. Love y'all. Love y'all, man. Love y'all, man. We stand in